Okay, time for episode three. Uh, welcome back, or I don't know, a lot of you haven't listened before, so welcome for the first time, maybe. I don't know, start listening is all I have to say. We're all back, me, Tom, Clyde, and uh, Ray talk about uh, a few things today. Most importantly is going to be the, uh, the draft that we just had last Saturday, um, but more on that in a little bit. I think first we're going to start with uh, some just NFL news. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday, which was uh, kind of first cuts day, first big cuts day. Um, and there were some pretty notable ones, uh, starting with uh, Cam Newton. Surprise, a little bit there. What do you think about that, uh, Clyde? Yeah, so lost the bat. I I thought I saw Cam Newton starting week one. I really did. I thought Belichick would lean on veteran presence, but apparently this is coming down the grapevine from all of the reporters. Essentially what happened is they looked at three factors. He could not uh, – he did not play well. He had a either broken or extremely strong presence in the locker room, and he was unvaccinated and very, very vocal about being unvaccinated. And those three things led to uh, – in conjunction with Mac Jones being really good this preseason, but then being cut and I can't fault it. I just didn't see it coming. I was also a little surprised, Mike. I didn't think, uh, I mean, I think kind of going off of Clyde's first point, the going with the veteran presence, Mac Jones went so late in the draft. I mean, late in the draft, you know, for a first round pick, I believe he was 15, 16. I personally just didn't expect him to start. Although I guess if I were to look at Lamar Jackson, I would be an idiot not to think he would start. Nonetheless, I, I mean, I thought Cam was serviceable last year. I thought Belichick would, wanted to, would want to develop Mac Jones more. I think a lot of things went wrong with that team, but Cam Newton was definitely the high point. And yet you bet on him to start week one. Yep, I I stand by that. I, I thought a veteran presence would have been the way to start it, especially with a rookie quarterback. I think that's the right way to treat any rookie. Is to not force them to start day one. Agreed. And there there have been times where that worked out, worked for Herbert. Herbert, that's great. But if you look at some of the other quarterbacks that have been in the league, they didn't have to start week one, and they got to learn before they stepped on the field. I mean, Herbert I think- didn't start week one. Only because, uh, yeah, the only reason he started week two is because we tried to kill our quarterback. I thought it was – I could have sworn it was later in the season, but maybe nope. I'm wrong. Week two against the Chiefs because our chief medical officer, or whatever you want to call him, stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the fucking lung. The greatest story that nobody heard until it was too late. Mike, what else do we have in NFL news? Well, so much. Um and Wait, yet, honestly, surprising, surprisingly so little. I was hopeful for lots of uh, big-name cuts to have happened. And I was, especially after I saw Cam Newton get cut, uh, it didn't happen. I was kind of surprised. I was, I was ready for, I don't know, Deshaun Watson to be a free agent or something like that. That they would never. They, the amount of money they owe him, that'll never happen. That and I mean the you know most valuable asset on the team by I don't know you could take the rest of that to all like what are they down to now like fifty two other players you could trade all fifty two of those players and you still wouldn't get what you're gonna get for just Deshaun Watson. Some more fantasy news: Trey Lance chipped his finger. I don't really know what that means, but he chipped his finger and he's out for at least the next week. Like I don't know if that's a fingernail. I don't know if he's got like a bone fragment in the tip of his finger, but like, I don't know what that means. And it's confusing and weird. Yeah. Sometimes I wish they were more transparent with their uh, injury reports. Like what, because how do you chip a finger? Like it's like throwing out your back sneezing. How does that, how, like, what does that mean? I don't, I don't feel that we're that far away from that being us guys. Oh, I've definitely hurt my back sneezing. I haven't thrown it all the way out, but I've, I've definitely tweaked it. Um, the last little bit of news that I think is uh, relevant for our purposes here 
is that uh, Michael Thomas officially, I mean, we kind of already knew this, but he's officially on the physically unable to perform list. Uh, they're putting him on the IR and uh, he's going to be out for the first six weeks of the season, uh, which at, le- you know, at least, right? At, at least. And they have an early bye week. So he's only going to miss five games at minimum, which, you know, maybe we'll talk about later in draft review, but makes me feel like, we should have drafted him a little higher than he went. I don't know. I think that's uh, that's ripe for a bet somewhere because I don't know if he'll be back after week six. So what bet are you proposing, Clyde? I'm not betting anything. I already put three down. Uh, well, what? Okay, what do you propose the bet should be? I'll find a taker it's, one it's way or the be, other. How many, how many games does he miss? Is it five or five plus? Uh, do we include the bye week or is it strictly games? Strictly games. Cause he he's going to miss five games guaranteed. Does he miss six? How many games do you think he will miss? Because I, I don't know that in six he'll be back. So basically we're looking at an over under five and a half, you know, Clyde, I, I think that sounds like a great bet. Uh, and I think Matt should be the one to, to take this bet with me. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say he mix, misses six or more games. Matt, I'm going to give you the under. Six-pack bet. You up for it? Yes. Yes, I am, Tom. Great. Well, that's – I mean, Mike and Clyde, you guys both heard that, so that's a bet, right? Yeah, Clyde, write it, Clyde, write it down. I'm putting it down on the phone right now. Perfect. Thank you. Also, thanks to Matt for making an appearance there. That was just – Wow. <laughs> Really great to hear from you, man. He really doesn't sound the same on microphone, but it was him. Yeah, totally. We all saw it. So I think that's it for uh, for NFL news. I mean, league-wise, um, <clears throat> a few things went on. We had a draft. That was fun. And True. three hours long. Good God. Here's what's happening next year. I'm going to shave at least a minute off of those pick times, probably more. And. Is it possible, Mike, to uh, taper the pick times? I I don't think so. I can look more into that. I can actually suggest that feature to Sleeper. That's not a bad idea. I feel like you would want to reverse taper. Shorter clock to start, longer clock to end. Is it I don't know. Her? I feel like I feel like especially the first couple of rounds, you know who you're going after. You've got your list built. I think no, the point of this story is that we should we should investigate that because yes, I think there are times where more time would be good, but other also there are times where, I mean, the first pick does not need three minutes. I, I see what you're saying, point. but yeah, yeah, the, you get like thirty seconds for the first like round, and then like yeah. forty seconds for the second round, and then just kind of up from there, and then yeah, I get it. I think I think the turning point should be around the third or fourth round where we start to add in a minute. Yeah, you get you maybe you know maybe like hit like 10 10th round, maybe you get like two minutes per pick and then uh exist through there until somewhere maybe like twenty and then it goes back down to like a minute and you just like you know, you're taking your third, fourth, third through ninth IDP at that point. You're just like, Yeah, it doesn't matter. Except it does matter. I hate my IDPs. Anyone who wants to trade for some IDP players, I need some. But yeah, so we had the draft. And uh, next year, we're going to hopefully be able to taper. And uh, our league will be the reason that that feature exists in Sleeper. So that'll be kind of cool. Sleeper, $5 to sponsor. Sleeper, $5. And uh, yeah. So um, other than that, I mean, uh, you know, trade windows open. Free agent pickups are are ready to go. Nobody's on waivers until uh, Sunday at noon. Um, Thursday, actually. Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Although, is it, I forget how our league does it. This is probably a good recap. Do they go on waivers after they play? Yeah. So um, Thursday, um, I believe it's the Bucks and Cowboys, I want to say is that game, but I could be completely wrong there. Um, But I know it's the Bucks. Uh, So those players will go on waivers on Thursday and they'll be on waivers, I believe, uh, until Wednesday morning. Um, cause I think Wednesday is when our waivers process, it should be the same as ye- our Yahoo waivers were last year. Did they process on Thursday? I think Wednesday sounds right. 
waivers are on right now. They shouldn't be. They definitely I are. Because I looked, the, I looked at uh, picking up Watkins that Dan dropped this morning. Oh, oh if, if you drop a player, they go to waivers right now. Yes. But if if they – right, everybody, for the most part, unless they were recently dropped, is, is a free agent. So I think that's it for news. Um, we'll toss it over to Tom for the next segment here. You know, the weekly Tom's Fantasy Men segment. Thanks, Mike. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to discuss the fantasy men today because there's no football happening right now. Uh, you know, we're in that awkward week between preseason and opening week. Um, today, like as we previously discussed, was the cut to 53-man rosters. Uh, and aside from Cam Newton being cut, not a whole lot of major news there. I think the, the, the one cut worth discussing, and those of you that listened to last week's episode will understand why. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go listen to it so you can understand why. Michael Badgley. Also known as the Money Badger. So I'll race you to pick him up. Ready, set, go. I mean, he is obviously going to be the best kicker in the league this year when he gets signed by Detroit because I forgot to mention this in the news. They cut all of their kickers. Money Badger probably had a ticket to Detroit as he was leaving the stadium. Like he got out of uh, Staley's office and somebody met him at the door with, here's your ticket to Detroit. See you there. I mean, is there a more promising situation to be in, in terms of like how you, your, your, your known career trajectory than being a kicker who gets cut by the chargers? Like you're, you're obviously destined for greatness at that point. I mean, of the, of the last five years, there's only one that didn't make it. One, Robert Aguayo, you. So, Clyde, as the, as the resident Chargers fan, do they have a kicker on their roster now? Or... Tristan Vizcaino. Gotcha. So, Eddie Pinero does not have a shot is what you're saying. Wow. Tristan, uh, Tristan and Money Badger were in a stiff competition all preseason. And apparently they like Tristan more. I mean, history would say don't. Don't cut the kicker, but you know, that's me. Well, then that also then uh, goes to say that we should still not be picking up Eddie Pinero and putting him on our fantasy rosters because he is not on a team. Former first round draft pick, Eddie Pinero. Not not in the NFL, in, in our league. I was gonna say former fantasy football first round draft pick, Eddie Pinero. Big difference. So if you haven't picked it up by now. We talked about last week how anytime the Chargers cut a kicker, they end up doing really well. So I guess you don't have to listen to last week's episode, but you still should. Next up on Tom's Fantasy Men, briefly mentioned it earlier, J.K. Dobbins hurt himself uh, pretty bad. I shouldn't say he hurt himself. He got hurt pretty bad. His leg literally bent backwards. If you haven't watched the video, if you haven't watched the video, don't. Um... But that is to say, you probably shouldn't have drafted him, Eddie. But I mean, did. we we all knew that it was going to be Eddie. Like, we were discussing that before the draft started. Sorry, Eddie, but it's true. I would just, I mean, first of all, he only took him in the fifth round. So it could have been worse. You know... You want to know how this could have been avoided, Eddie? Just one simple thing could have avoided this whole mess. Had you been there at the draft with the rest of us, you would not have, in fact, drafted a running back who was just put on IR. Throwing that out there for next year. And then Dan wouldn't have been able to get the starting running back for an NFL offense in the 13th round. But, you know... Next up on Tom's Fantasy Men, we already talked about Cam Newton and, and Mac Jones, but since I promptly, after I drafted Mac Jones, turned to Clyde and said, you're going to lose your bet, and I was right, I want to talk about Mac Jones some more. I have him as my backup quarterback, uh, and I'm pretty excited about it. I don't expect stellar things. But when I have to play him while Josh Allen is on bye, I'm not too scared of that. 
I did a lot of reading about uh, uh, Cam getting cut and the reasoning behind it. And there is a lot to talk about when it comes to Cam and his his relationship with the locker room and his status as an unvaccinated player and all of that. The other side of that coin is how well Mac Jones played in the preseason. If you ask any of the scouts that are willing to talk to reporters and the, uh, the people that are actually reporting on the games, Mac Jones is a stud right now. He did everything you wanted him to do right on top of that, he's been garnering a lot of comparisons to, and this sounds weird to say, Tom Brady. Not in how he plays, but how he gets ready for each game, how focused he is on his individual uh, goals, and how he carries himself in that team. And it's how they just, look in their underwear on draft day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it sounds weird to be looking at him and going, well, he looks like the last guy that used to do this. So let's make him do it again. But that's, that's one of the big reasons why cam got cut is how well he did in all of those comparisons. That's a very valid point, Clyde. Um, I don't, I don't think any of the three of us will say that Mac Jones doesn't deserve to be starting week one uh, based off of his you know, preseason play. No, I, I think he absolutely deserves to be starting. I think Trey Lance also deserves to be starting. I think Trevor Lawrence deserves to be starting. And I think Justin Fields deserves to be starting. I don't think Justin Fields deserves to be the only rookie quarterback taken in the first round to not start the year. Like, what is happening? I agree and I disagree. Like, I, I, I love Justin Fields. I At first, immediately when we traded up to draft him, I was... It was a bittersweet draft pick. I won money because I knew the Bears were going to do it, but also I wanted an O-lineman. After the second round pick happened and we picked up an O-lineman, albeit he may be hurt currently, my, my concerns were put at ease. And my love of Justin Fields has blossomed and I can't wait to watch him play, but also... I can wait to watch him play. I think we rushed Mitch Trubisky in. I think time will tell if who was at fault for Mitch's play. Was it him? Was it Coach Nagy? Was it Nagy? Because Nagy. I I mean, and exactly. And if it is Nagy, then I don't need to watch Justin Fields rush in just so he can be coached poorly by Matt Nagy. I am convinced that the reason Justin Fields is not starting is because if he starts and he's not good because he's coached poorly, which he is, Nagy will get fired. Nagy knows this and is playing for a contract. He'll get extended for three years so we can see how Justin Fields develops. He'll develop poorly because Nagy's a bad coach and we'll be in this situation again in a few years talking about whoever is a freshman right now at Alabama. That's heartbreaking to think about. I don't like that you just took me on that ride. The last player I want to talk about today for Tom's Fantasy Men is someone who prior to, you know, six, eight months ago, probably would have gone within the first five rounds easily. But because of recent going-ons, did not get drafted in our league until the 22nd round and that is one Deshaun Watson now arguably he is a massive steal at 22.8 if I recall correctly that is until you find out that Houston plans on benching him until finally they're able to trade him so at this point the question becomes and the question I would Pose to you both, Mike and Clyde. At what point does Deshaun Watson get so frustrated with sitting on the bench that he opens up and accepts a trade anywhere, even Miami, who he is reportedly blocked a trade to? How long is this contract? Four or five more years? Probably. Four or five more years, because every day he gets sat for not being able to play because the team says so he gets paid 
Yeah. If I'm still getting paid to sit on the bench and not play for a team I don't want to pay, play for, that is my best case scenario. I'm essentially the third string quarterback at that point. I'm just inactive every day. Like, look That's at what they're paying game. him. And then you just hang out like you're getting paid to. I, I don't even know what you're getting paid for just to be there. He he immediately becomes the paid version of Alex Moran from Blue Mountain State immediately. He just he goes to parties, he drinks, he shows up hammered on game day, and he gets a paycheck. That's Which if it. you haven't seen, if you have not seen Blue Mountain State, uh, you need to. It yes, yes. is fantastic. So just just to uh, I mean, put it, it put it on record, he, he is on contract through the twenty twenty five season. So here's here's an idea, Deshaun Watson. Playing this year or no? Period or for uh, Houston? Period. I'm going to go with no. And my reasoning is not because Houston won't end up trading him. I think Houston will trade him. I think the minute he gets traded to any team, the NFL is going to step in and go, <laughs> that's funny. He's banned for at least a year. You think uh, you think they're playing the long game? They're just going to wait for Aaron Rodgers to demand a trade and then trade for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers would veto that trade immediately, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, he leaves and they just trade him to the Packers because the Packers will do it. The Packers can't be without a quarterback when the Bears have Justin Fields, who will hopefully be good despite the coaching. I do think Deshaun Watson will play this year. One, I don't think he will be satisfied sitting on the bench. I think he is a competitor at heart and I think he wants to play. I don't think collecting a paycheck is enough for him. So I think ultimately, eventually, he will get tired of sitting on the bench and would be open to a trade to a team he may not necessarily have originally been open to. Two, to your point, Clyde, I don't, I mean, they can't straight up ban him. They have to do an investigation before they can ban him. They can put him on the commissioner's exempt list in which he cannot play until the uh, investigation is done. And that very well may happen. Well, with that, I, that wraps up Tom's Fantasy Men for this week. Uh, I look forward to, I guess, two weeks from now when we've actually played some football and I can start making some predictions and recaps and really getting into it. This podcast is brought to you by Tom's Drinking with Mac little thing he's got going on there. Uh, who uh, I was I was looking at last night, and you uh, you busted out a, a a hot butcher scrap metal, which uh, did you find that in the back of the fridge or like what's going on there? I mean, it was definitely from the most recent release. I don't remember how long ago that was, but when you buy as much beer as we do, sometimes things get left behind. But true to the hot butcher nature, it was still fantastic. Guys, I'm just gonna say. Little Mac and Tom cannot be the only people pumping money into this thing. Y'all got to step up. All right. We, uh, we got equipment to buy. We got outlines to make. We right now we have one outline and Tom has it. And Clyde and I are just existing in a state of weird floating uncertainty while we wait for Tom to tell us what to do. It's scary. And we don't like it. We need, we need a printer. We need better microphones. Come on, guys. Little Mac doesn't have a job. He's just out there being dunked into beers. That's not a job. That's not a job for a little guy. Come on. Anyway, Tom, what are we drinking today? Thank you for that, Mike. That was wonderful. Tonight, we are drinking Peace, Love, and Gold Eagle, a collaboration beer Brewed at Tighthead Brewing in Wonderland, Illinois. Represent. Uh, brewed in conjunction with Gold Eagle Spirits in Libertyville. It is a double dry hopped IPA in kind of a West Coast variety. It was cool, crisp, and very easy to drink. So we had the draft on Saturday. And uh, it went, uh, you know, well... Uh, Joe and his uh, his team, the uh, McCaffrey 
cats or whatever the hell that was at the beginning there uh bamboozled everybody and deke uh took deke of the century I, yeah a little bit a little bit uh and took uh took kamara there at one overall you know i have to come clean i in the moments leading up to the draft not necessarily in any expanded timeline i I knew that was a very real and most likely possibility when he texted me to be like, huh, podcast was great. Really making me rethink some things. I then promptly replied with don't tell Mike because he'll stop giving advice on the podcast. So, so are you telling me that this is our fault that the entire draft went awry from the jump? Because my not that I had like a solid ready to go draft strategy per se, but uh, I was generally prepared for what players were going to be there at my ninth overall pick, and uh, they, the guys I got shouldn't have been there straight up, and I was very confused, and I don't know what happened. And it's one of those things where it's the first overall pick. How how can it ripple all the way back to nine and ten? But it did. It very much did. It, it went all the way back. I mean, like I figured out oh, it'll just readjust after, after what happens here. But then what really kicked it in, in terms of like, what is this first round and why is it happening? Um, after Kamara was Cook McCaffrey. So right there, okay, we've reset the draft. Eric somehow got McCaffrey at third overall. Yay him. And uh, here we go. It's, it's back to normal. And then Derrick Henry goes off the board to Eddie. And uh, then it was Jonathan Taylor to Tom at five. And that one's the one that got me. That one threw me off because I didn't see it coming. What was so surprising to you about it? I had Jonathan Taylor going like later in the second round. Like, he- or, or to me, he could have gone to me in the second round or hell the end of the first round. But to me, I didn't expect to see him there. It, it, it wasn't as surprising as what happened next. And that's when Dan took Austin Eckler at six, that one threw me because Austin Eckler was a person that I was going to draft either at one nine or at two, two at the turn in the, the couple of mock drafts that I did, I got Eckler every single time it was never a problem so when dan took him i was like what is this draft why is this draft happening i'm resetting it i'm not prepared so dan's pick was the start of the fuck you draft strategy that he employed on the spot where he decided just to fuck over somebody in each round i think he like picked people for each pick he was like this person's gonna piss off clyde this one's going to piss off Mike. This one's going to piss off Carlos. And he just worked his way down the list. Dan's entire team, if you look at it, is built on antagonism and fueled by spite. Like the entire thing just runs on spite. And I, I, I hate that it worked. I hate that that strategy worked, but it worked so well. I got more mad at Dan during our draft than I did at pretty much anyone else. Are we, are we taking bets on whether he changes his name to Fueled by Spite like immediately after listening to this? If it doesn't happen like before I even publish this podcast, I will be shocked. <laughs> like he just knows. He's bugged all of our houses so that he knows who we were going to draft. That's how the whole strategy came about. Like that's that's how this happened because if you look at his draft like after Eckler he went Justin Jefferson which I'm not sure that that's necessarily targeted at anybody but we all know that he was thinking of Carlos when he made that pick like we all know it we all know it and they took James Robinson in the third round first of all what second of all (laughs) fuck you that was also directed at me and and I I feel like more than anything his draft was directed at me personally. I take it as a personal attack. And Dan, you are you are going to be my rival this season. I have I have decided just now that whenever we match up, and I don't know when that is, but that's rivalry week. Rivalry. Rivalry. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, now I want a rival. You have one. It's me. I can't be your rival because Matt has already claimed you as his rival. That's true. Matt walked in the door. Actually, no. Before Matt even walked in the door. (laughs) On the way over, he decided I was his rival for no reason. And you know what? I'm here for it, Matt. I will take you down. It's going. It's going did down. he did he just decide it, or have you always been his rival, and he just figured it out? Because I think that might be it. No, I think Matt jumps from rival to rival every year. Because his first year in the league, after I whooped him in some week by some miracle, the rest of that season. It would, all he could talk about was how trashy my team was, even though I think I finished in third place or second place that year. Um, so I think he just picks a person, just jumps person to person, decides who he's going to hate that year. With, with the undercurrent of always also me. It's like, this year, I will particularly hate Clyde, but also Mike. Always Mike, never not Mike. I mean, that's just like the brotherly love though, right? Because, I mean, you're standing up at his wedding in a couple of weeks, aren't you? Yes, true. And I'm not not going to mention fantasy football in my speech. I'm not not going to wear the belt when I give the speech. I'm not going to do these things. I'm not not going to do these things. If you do not wear the belt and have this speech recorded, I think we vote you out as commissioner. Well, I'll tell you what, if Matt actually listens to this podcast, I will not wear the belt, but I don't think he's going to listen to it. So whoops. The, uh, <clears throat> the first round continued after Dan, uh, believe it or not, uh, which I'm, I, I think I blacked out when he drafted Austin Eckler. I don't know. But then it went to Vontae Adams to Clyde, which I was surprised by. Clyde I mean, just seems like a running back guy to me. I don't, I don't know why I never draft them. Every year, my problem with my team is that I don't have running backs. And every year, I'm like, next year, I'm going to do the right thing and draft one. And then I get to the seventh pick, and I'm like, I don't like any of these guys. And uh, the one I did like, it's gone. And then uh, a little shocker for me was that uh, Tyreek Hill went to Carlos at eight. I didn't have I, – I get it. It's a good pick. But I didn't uh, – I didn't have Tyreek that high. I thought maybe I was going to take him at the turn or Matt would take him after me. And then I was at nine and took Elliot. And Elliot's a person that, uh, I, you know, before Saturday, I was like, oh, man, if Zeke drops to me, I'm so excited. Like, I, that's, that's the dream scenario. If, if Zeke somehow drops to me and doesn't go to Tom at five. I was going to be so happy. And then it happened. And, and, and then it took me, I think, two and a half minutes to make the pick because it didn't feel right. And it still doesn't feel right. And, and I, I don't know what to do about it. It makes me feel better that immediately Matt went Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley, two guys that I'm like, ah, I don't want to deal with that. And then I went Aaron Jones. And uh, that's cool. And then Matt pointed out that he's a Packers fan and didn't draft Aaron Jones. And then I felt really bad. So the first two rounds went great for me. Just a whole lot of negativity and second guessing. I, I, I still, I, I don't, I don't like what I did in the first three rounds. I don't. Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, and then Patrick Mahomes. I feel dirty saying that. I cannot believe that you went Travis Kelsey A. I cannot believe further that you took Patrick Mahomes B. You have two Chiefs. I mean, like good ones, but two Chiefs on your time. I've never seen you own a single Kansas City player the entire time that we've been playing fantasy together. And I think this is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like the 13th year that this league has been going. Uh, I'll take it one step further. This is the first year I don't own a charger, a single one, not a running back, not a wide receiver, not a tight end, not a defensive back, nothing. The only three that I was looking at got taken almost right in front of me. So we're not going to go through here pick by pick. I just want to highlight a few things 
Um, starting with uh, Tom, since Tom's here and I can ask Tom questions, Tom went Jonathan Taylor. And then he went Josh Allen, first quarterback off the board. What's was, going on there? I was so angry about it. I had told myself I was not going to draft a quarterback that early this year. I, I did it last year, done it the past couple of years. And I just, I, given how many excellent quarterbacks there are in the league right now, I just, I, I told myself I wasn't going to do it. But then I was looking, my hope was either Metcalf or Justin Jefferson were going to fall to me. And then kind of like my backup was going to be like the Travis Kelsey. I mean, Tyreek Hill, obviously, if he had made it that far. So I was, my plan was a receiving player. When all of the people I was interested in were gone, I was not prepared to reach as far as I feel like a Diggs or a Ridley would have been. I kind of panicked. And so as I'm frantically scrambling through what I'm going to do, I was like, you know what? I really like Josh Allen. I do think he is going to be, I think he has a real shot at being the number one fantasy quarterback in our league. It's a safe pick in my mind at the time. He wasn't going to be there when he came back around and I would love to have him screw it. Let's go. I get it. Like, I love Josh Allen this year. I think the Bills are definitely a playoff team, maybe a Super Bowl winning team. Like, it, I, it's a good pick. It's just for me, it's a tad high. I don't disagree. Again, I panicked. I mean, look at that first round. Just right away. We all just lost our shit. Understand. I get it. Um, but what that essentially did looking at the draft board was pushed Antonio Gibson into the third round for Joe, who starts the draft first three rounds, Alvin Kamara, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Antonio Gibson. You can't really get a much better first three rounds than that. Like, I think I did okay with Zeke and Aaron Jones and Allen Robinson. I think Eddie did great with Henry and Diggs and, and, and uh, A.J. Brown. Uh, Eric, I love Eric's first three rounds. McCaffrey, Ridley, and Mixon. Mixon's a guy that I, I think, you know, is probably going to be pretty good this year. I was going to take him in the third round if no one else did. Caesars, Caesars first, uh, first three rounds I'm not, I'm not in love with. You know, I liked Alvin Cook. Najee Harris is a rookie. I like Najee Harris, but who knows? You know, he's a rookie. Never know. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins. As, as the guy who drafted Kyler Murray, I have to love DeAndre Hopkins, but I think I would have gone A.J. Brown there. And then there's Clyde, and let's talk about Clyde, because Clyde, as he illustrated, went Adams, Kelsey, Mahomes, and let's just keep going. Fourth round, C.D. Lamb, something I also didn't expect from Clyde. And then the first running back for Clyde comes in the fifth round, seventh pick, Chris Carson, which, great pick. Great pick in the fifth round. I mean, Chris Carson should have gone in the third, probably definitely, definitely the fourth round, but like for your RB one. Yeah. So what happened is every time I'd get to my pick, I'd look at the running backs left and go, there's not a strong one there. There isn't one. There isn't one that I want on my team as a, as my RB one. And as it kept getting further in, I was like, I, I started targeting guys but they would drop off the board right in front of me and be like, well, I could push it back one more pick. And I still got this other guy that I've I've got on my list. And it was uh, David Montgomery going right in front of me hurt because I was going to take him. Uh, And then I think Montgomery went right after you. That, that was your Mahomes pick. Sorry. Sorry. That's wrong. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I'm not even going to say I was looking at James Robinson. I could care less. Joe Mixon, I was looking at, but he went like a couple picks in front of me. Uh, (laughs) I was waiting for Dobbins to go. I took Miles Sanders, but I was arguing between him and Gaskin for a good three minutes. I think that's the pick that took me the longest. I think we should talk about Matt's team a little bit. Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, not great. uh, You know, I not great for me. Like, I'm just like not particularly high on those guys, but like any other, you know, Tom 
I don't know how you feel, but like it's Chubb and Barkley are pretty, pretty good. I'm not mad if I have them on my team and he's got Godwin. I like Godwin. Like that's a solid receiver, Kittle, Claypool and Julio Jones. We'll talk more about that later, but like the first five rounds there with Chubb, Barkley, Godwin, Kittle and Claypool. That's pretty good. I, I agree. I think that's a solid starting five. And, you know, I know you said we're going to talk about Julio Jones later, but I mean, it, it almost seems like he listened to the podcast last week with that pick at 6-1. So, so the only one in his first, like, six rounds that I've not sold on is and – and I'll say this with one caveat. I have him in another – in a dynasty league. Claypool is a hit or miss, especially in that offense with that many weapons. Uh, he'll have weeks where he puts up 30, 40 points. He'll also have weeks where he'll put up four. And I say that from experience. It's nerve-wracking watching him play. He's by far one of the most gifted athletes on that team, just not a home run hitter every week. You know, as I'm, as I'm sitting here looking at this draft board as you're talking, Clyde, I'm, I'm struck again by Dan's team. And the amount of, of just hatred that it's built on, like Justin Herbert in the sixth round. Okay, fine. Justin Herbert, cool pick. Nice quarterback, going to be good. I'm not sure who that was directed at. It's either Clyde or Tom, possibly both. And that kind of makes it worse. <laughs> it, it's definitely a jab at me for sure. Cause he called me out when he did it and it hurts. It hurts to see my boy down there. I mean, had I known that I could have waited to the fifth round to draft Justin Herbert because he wouldn't have been there for me in the sixth, I think I absolutely would have held off on drafting Josh Allen. And then what I would have reached a little further for a different receiver because I love Justin Herbert, had him last year, wish I had him again this year. Dan, let's talk trade. The only thing that makes me feel good about that sixth round there is I took Kyler Murray. I had Kyler Murray going in the fifth. He didn't. So I took him in the sixth. It was great. I loved it. And it really, really pissed off Dan. And that was one of my favorite things about my draft was that Dan got really mad when I took my quarterback and rivalry. I really want to know who hurt Dan before this draft. Like uh, apparently who everybody. It? Who was it? What Dan, what did they do to you, my man? What what happened? So first 10 rounds. Let's let's take the first 10 rounds, guys. There's gonna be a pick there. There's gonna be a pick that that's a that's a great pick, a value pick, a wonderful, excellent, smart decision by somebody. There's there's some good ones. It's hard to narrow down, but if you had to. If you had to narrow down in the first 10 rounds of this draft, who's the pick? Who's the one that you're like, that one right there? That's that's the best pick of the first 10 rounds. Maybe it's just me here. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. Round five, pick four. Gotta be the pick of the night. <laughs> I mean, round five, pick four is easily one of my favorite picks of this draft by a fairly wide margin, I would say. You know, it's a it's it's a pick that really it just kind of it knocked me over. Like I felt like my knees went out from under me. Would you say it was on par with the time Eddie drafted the wrong Brandon Marshall? So so in in our league, there have been three picks that have made me stop what we were doing and want to put a pause on the draft. This is number three on the list only because Eddie wasn't in the room with us. Had he been in the room with us when he did that, it would have been one overall, no questions asked. Nothing even comes close. My second favorite pick in all of our leagues was uh, Amanda selecting her third tight end without realizing what she had done. But of course the number one pick that all of us love was of course, Eddie selecting Brandon Marshall and then arguing he the wrong Brandon Marshall and then arguing for about 20 minutes that he selected the wrong one in case you're uh, in case you're lost pick 5.4 
somebody we talked about a little bit earlier today that you should be very familiar with. Tom, Tom who is a uh, who's who's pick five point four there, Tom? Five point four was one J.K. Dobbins, aforementioned out for the season due to leg being bent backwards. J.K. Dobbins, and honestly, what I really don't know and I'm kind of disappointed in is. As soon as that pick happened, we started dropping videos in the chat and in, I think, in the Facebook group and pretty much anywhere we could of him being hurt. No disrespect, Mr. Dobbins. Just so that we could make Eddie aware of the horrendous blunder he had once again made. And we never got a response. It was kind of disappointing. The thing of it is, like, we're on sleeper now. So presumably everyone has the sleeper app on their phone. I think that's the way most people set their lineups and stuff. So I, I don't, I don't know about you all, but I certainly get sleeper updates that aren't limited to our league happenings. And, and I got the push notification that said, Hey man, JK Dobbins is uh, maybe not doing so hot. And uh, it didn't look good. And maybe, uh, maybe you should reconsider some things with him. Um, I got that. I think most of us got that. Um, I know that all all of us get the notifications because we 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 did the troubleshooting for the entire league to make sure everybody did get notifications. Maybe it didn't have them turned on. I think there was a there was an issue with some Wi-Fi being out or something. Maybe something got either way. Maybe it's like you know some sort of miracle where we all get to watch Eddie draft J.K. Dobbins for our entertainment. And then get to watch Dan draft Gus Edwards in the 13th round. Starting running back, RB1 for the Baltimore Ravens, Gus Edwards in the 13th round, because the rest of us decided that that was so funny that Eddie did J.K. Dobbins in the fifth, and then we stopped paying attention to Baltimore. <laughs> I was going to say, to answer your question, Mike, about who I my favorite pick in the first 10 rounds was, um, is that it was Gus Edwards. You just said he was in the 13th round and that's how great I think that pick was. It was so great. It deserves top 10 round discussion because we all simply forgot about him. Let's be honest. And it's a pick fueled by spite. And something that Clyde probably should have considered doing like seven rounds beforehand. Like, where were you with that one, man? Oh man, I should have done it like immediately after J.K. Dobbins. Like after he got picked up, the next pick I should have had was him. I just didn't. Conveniently enough, that I think would have been the next. Like, your next pick would have been seven rounds before J.K. Dobbins or uh, Gus Edwards went. Like that's what you waited on running back. You took you took the wide receiver, the quarterback, and the tight end. Well, you got. I took I took Carson uh, on that next pick. What I should have done is instead of taking Miles Sanders, taking Gus. Ultimately, I feel like I have let us down, given that I had the pick right after he took Dobbins, is I should have been the one to take Gus Edwards. Even though I would have given up Devontae Smith to have him, the joke just would have been too funny. I mean, here's the thing. You look at this draft and you see where... Each and every one of us should have taken Gus Edwards. For me, it's round seven where I took Javante Williams or round eight where I took a linebacker or round nine where I took Khalil Mack, a, a D lineman who's listed as a linebacker. You know, there, there are so many chances that I had here to take Gus Edwards and actively chose not to. Uh, I think because I forgot he existed. I forgot that Baltimore as a team existed outside of J.K. Dobbins's knee. And... Uh, and it was just a joy to watch Eddie, you know, make that mistake. So here's mine. 10th round. Michael Thomas to Matt. The first pick of the 10th round. That's a solid pick. Like for to be able to go Chubb and Barkley at one and, and two. And then to get Michael Thomas in the 10th to add to Claypool Jones. Like, I mean, I guess you got DJ Chuck there too, just in case. Um, if he only plays five games, or if he only misses five games, man, we all screwed that one up too. We should redo the draft. 
Is there a single person in this league who likes their team right now? Like Tom, do you like your team? I don't love my team. So to fast forward this conversation a little bit, there were another, you know, we talked about the first 10 rounds. There were another 18 rounds after that. What, uh, what was your kind of like from the, from the 18 remaining rounds, you know, are there some picks that you like for me, Caesar getting his first quarterback in the 17th round is amazing to me. The fact that that quarterback was also Tom Brady is insane. Like what happened there? The fact that Jalen Hurts went before Tom Brady is also crazy to me. And Trevor Lawrence, for that matter, also went before Tom Brady. And I don't understand what's going on. But there's a reason that Caesar is projected to be the highest scoring team almost every single week. I'm the second highest scoring team in week one. I beat all of you, according to Sleeper, and Caesar beats me. And that's pretty much how it goes for the whole season. Are you saying Caesar has a chance of winning the league this year? That's what Sleeper thinks. Tom, what are your favorite picks from the last 18 rounds? My favorite picks from the last 18 rounds. Obviously, Gus Edwards at 13 is one of my favorite picks. Probably of the whole draft. Fuck As- Dan, $5 to sponsor. Also, I just want to highlight that Dan took A.J. Dillon and Tony Pollard back-to-back, which are both of my running back handcuffs. And again, fueled by spite. And I hate him. Fuck you, Dan. So I think some of my favorite things from this draft, not necessarily like specifically the last 18 rounds, I love that Joe ended up with nine running backs, 10 if you count Lamar Jackson, because he's basically a running back. Blows my mind. I don't know what he's going to do. Nine running backs, never seen it. And some fairly decent ones too, like, not going to lie. Aside from that, other, other picks that I really like, Here's maybe an easier question because there's there's a lot of solid picks here. I mean, you're talking about Joe Burrow in the 21st round to Carlos taking his third quarterback for some reason. Is there is there one that made you like especially mad? Like it, it, maybe it happened. Maybe it was a guy that you were looking at um, and then he just got taken right from you. You thought he was a good value. You thought like, oh, I've been sleep. I've been I've been sitting here and waiting. I was maybe going to take him three rounds ago, and now is the time. And then, boom, there he goes. There goes Zaven Collins to Dan instead of to you because fuck Dan. Fuck you, Dan. Oh, I got one. I got one. And this really did piss me off in the draft. Fucking Dan taking Matt Stafford at 19-6. I had every, every intention of drafting Stafford three rounds later because I figured everybody forgot about him. Fuck you, Dan. Fuck you half. Listen, I understand. I completely understand. Dan's entire draft was fueled by antagonism and spite. And he's mine. He's my rival and you can't have him. I hate him more than you. I hate him so much. (laughs) Can I just yell at Matt for picking players that I don't like or I don't want to like? I don't want to like Melvin Gordon. I'm happy he's on your team, Matt, so I can yell at him and you at the same time. You know, I think the one pick that probably pissed me off the most uh, while I was not in the later half of the, of the draft was Eddie taking Mike Davis. I was, I was eyeballing Mike Davis. He screwed me over a lot last year in, in other leagues, being that he was so good and I seemed to have to play him every other week in some league or another. And then I got stuck with DeAndre Swift because I had to take a running back. He's who was there. So who won the draft? Like who's, who's your pick? Who's your, who's your favorite team? I think, and it pains me to say this, but I think Matt may have won the draft. And I think what's really doing it for me. And we kind of touched base on this a little bit 
is getting Julio Jones at six one. If he you happens, mean bust of the year, bust of the year, Julio Jones. Yes, bust of the of the year, Julio Jones. Those nine games he plays, going to be great for Matt. And if he I, happens, I appreciate, I appreciate the nine games. That's if he Clyde. suck it. If if he happens to play more than nine, which he won't. It's going to be really good for him. I really, I really do. I mean, he took Julio Jones in the sixth round as his number three wide receiver. And then he went and took Michael Thomas at 10. Like with his luck, Julio Jones goes out week nine, Michael Thomas comes back week 10 and we're all screwed. Yeah. That's, that's my biggest fear is, is, is him getting Michael Thomas back fully healthy. Michael Thomas somehow being good without Drew Brees and uh, Matt winning the league for the first time since him being in it. I, I think it's the best team Matt's had ever. Well, a team that I keep looking at and coming back to and thinking this isn't a bad team. Look at Eric's first six picks. McCaffrey, Calvin Ridley, Joe Mixon, Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, and Juju. Absolutely love it. 100%. That is a great lineup to start with. And I'm not saying he did any worse looking down the ranks. He did really well. He picked up a bunch of guys that I wanted on the defensive side. Uh, he got a couple more running back or uh, wide receivers. And then in the late rounds, he picked up some depth at running back that could come back to do him some good. I think he did great. I don't I I don't know that it's gonna put him over the edge to win the whole thing, but he'll definitely be in co- competition. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Eric's draft. I think for my pick, you know, I have to stress that you don't win the league at the draft. It's just not how it works. If you did though, Eddie had a really solid draft. Like all things, because I know we talk shit, but if you look at this team, it's Derrick Henry, it's Stefan Diggs, it's AJ Brown, Amari Cooper, J.K. Dobbins, admittedly, yes, that's going to be a problem, but he made up for it. He fixed that with Mike Davis there after T. Higgins, and you got your Aaron Rodgers, uh, Brandon Cooks. I mean, I don't know who's throwing the ball in Houston, but somebody has to catch it, and that's going to be Brandon Cooks. Like, it's a solid draft, and he added to some solid offensive players with some very solid defensive players. I think Eddie had a really good draft, and I don't like that I have to say that out loud. I, I think I died. Like, am I in hell? Is that what's happening here? I don't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Here's the thing. If he paid attention, if he didn't take J.K. Dobbins, Look, look what went around J.K. Dobbins, where he took J.K. Dobbins. You got Tom, you took Devonta Smith. Jerry Judy went right before, but after Robert Woods, Chris Carson, Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett, Chase Claypool. If Eddie takes any one of those players, we are having a significantly different discussion about his draft. Unfortunately, I think you're right. Clyde looks like I've broken him with this take no i was thinking in a scenario where he doesn't take jk dominance and he takes chris carson my team gets fucked hard quickly Clyde, who you know we we all know i think by now at this point in the podcast that that dan is my absolute number one hated enemy this season who's yours oh it's matt i i have a hatred for matt right now that can only be described as bubbling to the surface. It's ready. Like it's going to, and I want to say we play each other in week one. So it's going to come to the surface and explode right there. Like week one is going to be bad. No. Yeah, you do. You sure do. And you're projected to beat him by five points. Uh, That's including having one of my starting uh, wide receivers on the IR at the moment, because I needed space. So I think what you're saying but not saying is that you are going to crush Matt into the dirt in week one. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, uh, yeah, 
Matt, you're going down hard this week, next week. It's going to be soul crushing to watch you lose as bad as you're going to lose. Matt, $5 to sponsor. Tom, last question before we call it for the day. My rival's Dan. Clyde's rival is Matt. Who's your rival? Well, Mike, I think there's only one clear answer to this question. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say it only because no one else will. I think my rival has to be Joe. I brought him into the league. I went, on him, I went easy on him last year because, you know, circumstances. Sure, that team wasn't his fault. You know, he, he kind of inherited a dumpster fire. Still wasn't the dumpster fire. So I, uh, I think this year uh, there's no holds bar. Like I, I'm coming after you, Joe. We're, I can't wait till we play, and I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wipe the floor with you. It's gonna be fantastic. I'll, I'll be sure to let your wife know when that's happening, so she can bring you some tissues. Shots fired. I love it, guys. You know, you, you heard who we think are our rivals. I don't know. Do you agree? Let us know. Throw it in the comments. We're going to wrap it up for today. Thanks for listening to episode three. We'll have an episode four. I don't know if we're going to do it before the season starts. I don't know if we're going to do it after the season starts, but there's going to be an episode four and uh, you should check it out for myself, Tom and Clyde. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye.